Bottom down poinsettia, chapter 19. Running to stand still. One of the first things Summer and I decided to do after my marriage had been annulled from Beatrice was go back home to Oklahoma. Yeah, we were having dinner when I brought it up. Summer? I asked, feeling better about myself than I could ever remember. I caught her mid-sip of Diet Coke, but her beautiful hazel eyes looked over to mine as her eyebrows perked up, letting me know she was listening. I put my knife and fork down at the table in our small dining area. Summer, I really need to go back to Oklahoma and, you know, see my boy. Okay. She immediately answered with an assertive smile. I like that. There was a hiccup of time before I reacted. Really? I smiled somewhat relieved. She placed the palm of her hands on the table and pushed her chair back. Oh, yeah, Britt. You should go see him. If it's okay, I'll go too. <laughs> well, hell yeah, Summer. I breathed with new excitement. I wouldn't go without you. I want to meet him. She assured me with a kiss while picking up the plates. I took the record down and had it serviced the very next day. At first we considered flying, but, you know, we just decided it'd be cheaper and more fun to drive. Road trip to Oklahoma. It's time to go back to everything I'd been running from. More than anything, I just I wanted to see my boy. It had been at least half years since I'd been back home on that bus trip, and you know, for the first time in my life, I wasn't afraid to go back. You know, I wasn't afraid or ashamed. Or I, I felt improved somehow. I did. I felt improved. I felt worthy of home. Summer insisted I show her where I'd come from, and I went back fearlessly. But, of course, immediately, just as we rolled into the Osage Hills, we hit issues in the form of a fire. You know, the McCore Summer owned was, you know, tricked out. You know, all the electrical gadgets and everything, aftermarket conversion stuff, market stereo, wheels and rims, window tent, everything. Metallic blue paint, black trim. I probably told you that. Well, it was a hot little car, literally. Hot little car. Because the electrical fires were, they were just common occurrence in that fucking car. And yeah, I was in the Osage Hills driving back from mom's house. She had like 10, 15 acres out there in Sunset Lake. Anyway, you know, I had to drive the car on fire out of the Osage Hills all the way from West Bartersville to East Bartersville without getting pulled over by a cop. And somehow I managed to do that without the car dying and without the car smoking me out completely. And I, Summer was with me. Yeah. I was pissed off with the sunroof open and everything. She was laughing. The flames are shooting out from under the fucking hood. You know, that was the bitch about the Mercor. Engulfed in flames. It was quite drivable. Okay? And the car wasn't engulfed in flames. There were just flames shooting out from under the hood. And I drove all the way. <laughs> I drove all the way to Montgomery Wards. That's right. Of course, I had to run seven stoplights to get there. Windshield was partially melted. And I pulled into the last remaining Montgomery Ward's Auto Center. Summer let out a silent laugh before looking at me. You guys still have a Montgomery Ward's? It ain't my fault. I laughed defensively as she laughed back. (laughs) 
Well, thank God Montgomery Ward was able to fix our car, okay? Yeah, I had to pull 375 freaking dollars out of my wallet. <laughs> hey, that's all it cost back then. That was good. That was that was a lot of money back then, though. So. After the repair, we went to my mom's new house off Sunset Lake, west of Artisville, like I said. And um, I spent some time with my son. He was staying with my mom. God, I love seeing him. He had flaming red hair just like mine. <laughs> and I swear, summer, he and I were walking around the big mall in Tulsa. Everybody thought we were a family. I mean, summer's hair was, you know, darker, you know, than me and my boy. But everybody kind of thought we were family. I have to admit to loving it. Summer fawned all over him and, you know, kept telling me and him how beautiful he was. I agreed. We took him to a popular toy store in the mall and let him go crazy. I just let him get whatever he wanted. I knew he was confused. I knew he didn't understand. I'm not sure I did either, so I just tried to dedicate all my, what I knew to him, you know, that night. After a nice dinner, went to a hotel and we spent the night, you know, laying play with his toys. And next day I dropped him off at uh, my former mother-in-law's house. It was the first time I ever really felt a tremendous amount of guilt over my son because I knew he didn't understand what the fuck was going on. And I didn't know what to do about it. The last day in Oklahoma, well, I wanted to go see Grandma. Summer demanded I show her where I grew up, so Mom pitched me the keys to her pickup truck and asked me to drive out and feed the horses in my hometown, Oshalata, Oklahoma. I'd like to put emphasis on the fact that we went out to feed the horses. I had no idea. Summer had never been around horses. I mean, then... I knew she'd been around horses, but I didn't know she hadn't been around horses. We rolled through Oshalata and still kind of early, and Summer had her feet up on the dash while we drank her styrofoam coffee, and I drove. I pointed out the, you know, my grandma's house and the gas station, the post office and the telephone office, and... I pointed out the Moonglow Hut and the drugstore. Upon my narrative, Summer would actually repeat stories I had told her. And, oh, you know, is that the building you guys used to climb up on? Yeah. I laughed. That was, that was the building. I drove her by my old elementary school. I drove her by my old house. It's at Caddy Corner, my old neighborhood, right across my best friend Shane's house, you know, where I'd grown up. Showed her the house where, you know, young man. That was significant for me. It was significant. I hated that fucking house. It's another fucking book. Not now. But I was able to drive the first woman I ever loved around and show it off. And I found comfort in the fact that she was looking out the window smiling the whole time.
Anyway, we went to go feed the fucking horses. <laughs> As we drove up behind Graveyard Hill, Summer seemed apprehensive. She is sitting straight up in the seat now and looked nervous. We approached the gate. Britt, they won't bite me, will they? Oh, fuck yeah, where do you think rabies comes from, smirk back? <laughs> Summer didn't look very amused. Britt, please... I reached over and touched her soothingly. No, honey, it'll be okay, I promise. Just stay with me. To me, it wasn't a big deal. I was actually kind of excited that she had never been around horses. And, um, well, I wanted to kind of show off that I was the country boy and I knew my way around. So we pulled up to the gate. I hopped out and locked the gate, drove us in, locked the gate. And you know the story. Horses knew it was feeding time, so... Here they come out of the woodwork, and, uh, yeah, they come running up from the fucking hill, and immediately Summer got behind me and grabbed my arms, like, tight, but <laughs> I told her just to take it easy and stick with me as they bounced around us. <laughs> Made her way over to the, uh, feed shed. I'm not gonna try to mimic the scream, Okay. But I had to take my eyes off Summer and the horses for a second so I could reach in the fucking shed and scoop out some feed so they could eat. Problem is, one of them started in first on Summer's hair. It shocked the shit out of me because I thought she was still standing behind me. Well, she was standing behind me until the horse started eating her long auburn hair. He smelled it, he liked it, he took a big mouthful of it, and she went flying through that field faster than any white woman alive. Like I said, I'm not even going to try to mimic the scream, but it was super loud. It was super frightening, and I've never seen a woman run that fast. <laughs> Quickly, I ran out by the truck, signaling for her to run towards me. Yeah. She was in a damn dress, yeah, she had flats on, but she was in that damn dress, and so, yeah, I should have left her in the truck, I guess. She way overdressed for that field. Anyway, she ran up to me, she ran up to me, there were tears in her eyes running down her face, but he's trying to eat me, he's trying to eat me. Immediately, I smacked the horse upside the snout, he let my girlfriend go, and... Well, I put her back in the truck, yeah, and um, she locked the door. <laughs> Before leaving Oshalade out, I wanted Summer to meet my grandmother. My grandma was the strongest woman on earth, at least the strongest one I knew of. My mom was... She needed me, and I needed her, and God knows we bailed each other out. We were both scared shitless, and we helped each other out through a lot of shit, through a lot of really rough shit, but when I was a kid and I had to hide, where I had to confess, I could always go to Grandma. She's an old Shawnee Indian. Born in 1907. She'd raised her kids, built her own home, made and sold corn liquor. Yeah, back during the tough days of depression, still had enough in her to shelter me when I had to vacate from my stepdad. 
And when I couldn't take the fucking beatings anymore, I ran, okay? Is either kill the fucker or run to grandma's. I've never told anybody, but I had my chance. But I found out in that fucking house that I wasn't a murderer. Sorry. I found out a long time ago that I could kill somebody, but I'm not a murderer. I ran. That's what 10-year-old kids are supposed to do, I guess. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Part two, electric boogaloo. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Summer was an empowered woman, like my grandmother, I felt, you know? Not panicky, not afraid, strong. You're right where she was going, where she was at, and how she got there. Nobody could take shit from her, my grandmother. We parked in my car in front of Grandma's, and, um... We walked inside at Grandma's. You didn't knock the door. You just opened the front porch screen door and step up. Grandma immediately hollered from the dining room, realizing who it was. Well, Stanley, when did you get in? Hey, Grandma, I said, smiling, leading Summer in. I'm sorry it took so long to come see you. have been here a few days. I was really happy to see my grandmother's face light right up the second her eyes laid on Summer. Summer walked in in that vibrant, you know, turquoise dress and her flats. Oh, what is your name, pretty lady? Grandma greeted her with a smile. Summer stepped across the small dining room and reached across the dining room table that was cluttered up with, oh boy. Yeah, we had caught Grandma right in the middle of running her cards. Yeah, she ran those all the time when she, you know, had an interest in what might be coming up. Anyway, they shook hands. Hi, I'm Summer. I took the initiative and had a couple of seats for Summer and I. I set Summer right next to the dining room table, catty corner from Grandma, who was sitting at the end of it, you know, with her back against a big old china cabinet up against the wall. I sat flanking Summer right next to the upright gas stove. It's like Shelley Winters and Susan Strasberg. I didn't say anything. I just love watching them talk. The only difference was I really loved both these women. One of them more than any other woman on the fucking planet. I was so happy watching my old Indian grandma smile at summer and when she was talking and vice versa. How good did they hit it off, you ask? I don't have anything to say about the conversation because I wasn't included. I wasn't included, other than them just, both of them jabbing my ass for being me. (laughs) Yeah. Grandma made fun of me, Summer laughed, Summer made fun of me, Grandma laughed. Grandma, of course, owned the stage, though, when she made the wise crack about me when I was a little boy. I'd waller around in the backyard and get chiggers. Summer damn near pissed herself. She had to go to... (laughs) She had to run to the bathroom and pee because she... Because Grandma had used the word waller. Oh, when Stanley is little, he'd be in the backyard, no shirt on, out there wallering in the grass, getting chiggers. I'd say, Stanley. I was happy that that was Summer's most favorite part of the trip. That's what she told me. She said, and she meant it. I really love meeting your grandmother more than anything. 
Thanks, Summer. I smiled back at her, chugging little King Budweiser's while driving us through Arizona, heading back out to L.A. Grandma would tell me years later that, um, yeah, she loved Summer right back. I didn't mention it during the Oklahoma trip because I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but I wasn't even going to include it in the book, but I am now because maybe it's important and I just don't understand that it was important. Summer asked me to marry her during the course of the trip back to Oklahoma. She did. We are out there on Sunset Lake looking at a house for sale. I don't know what prompted her to sit down on one of the sofas and still left in the mostly empty house. But she did, and while we were looking out the solarium windows over the lake, she asked me to marry her. I told her no. I just got out of a marriage that was fucking annulled. I wasn't even sure if I was legally divorced from my first wife yet. I wasn't interested in marriage anymore. I was just interested in a relationship that fucking worked and didn't involve a fucking hustle. I guess I knew she'd never change. I really loved her, but I just couldn't marry it. On the way back out to L.A., I stopped by and bought a couple of bricks of black cat fireworks. That'd come back to haunt me. (laughs) Also, the mule back in, I'm just giving you the full fucking story, okay? I had the mule back in two ounces of 80% 80% pure cocaine from a Saudi Arabian fellow that had given it to me to, you know, try to move in Oklahoma. Of course, nobody in Oklahoma had that kind of fucking money, so I ended up snorting two grams and having to pony up money for that, and what was left over is dope. Yeah, that was a fucking waste of time. Anyway, I drove all night through Arizona, and we rolled back into Hollywood real early the next morning. Now, we were both road-weary. We were beat, but it had been a fun trip, and... Ah, we just need some R&R. It was good to see Poinsettia again. It was good to see the building again as we parked the car and got our bags and climbed out, hopped on the old elevator and went upstairs to the first floor. Second floor, first floor. Yeah, whatever. After dropping the bags and going to the bathroom, heard Summer walk over to the answering machine on the kitchen counter. I got messages. Summer cried out. Okay. I hollered back from the bathroom. We both recognized the voice immediately. Michelle, I need you to call me immediately. Call me immediately, Michelle, as soon as you get this message. Oh, shit. I think we both knew this was coming. I need to speak with you now. As soon as you get home and you get this message, you must call me immediately. Michelle, I got off the phone with B, and she told me that that Brit is over there with you. Is this correct? I walked out from the bathroom. Summer looked over her shoulder at me. She's insane. Is that call me? I gotta know. I'm not mad at you, Michelle. 
but that little shit that's standing there with you has gone bad with me. Gone bad, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. You call me when you get this message, Michelle. And if you're standing there, Brid, you best run. Summer. I'm so sorry. It's all I could bring myself to say. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Summer snapped back. Are you sorry that you love Absolutely me? Absolutely not, Summer. I love you, but what are we gonna fucking do? I don't need Rosemary Britt. She said completely stumped me. I don't need her. And she is not gonna run you away from me. I love you. You aren't going anywhere. Give me your number, I'm calling her. Chapter 19 of Bombing Down, Poinsettia Running to Stand Still. Chapter 20, next week, same time, same place, right here on the Stand the Joke Man Show. Broadcasting from the Boys Room Studios here in Henrietta, America, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Of course, the regular show's going to be back on Friday at high noon. Until then, thanks for um, letting me get the story out there. I appreciate it. It's important to me. And um, like I say, I'll be back on Friday, high noon. Until then, burn your shit solid. Bye, Kendios, me and Mikos.